Welcome to Accelerate OC, the only show focused on the people leading innovation in Orange County. Join our host, Carrie Ransom, and his conversations with the trendsetters, entrepreneurs, investors, and leaders here, because it's time to Accelerate OC. Good morning. Welcome to Accelerate OC. I'm Carrie Ransom, and thanks always to our engineer, Paul, for making me and my guests sound so good. <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by OC4 Ventures, which is a new venture studio that I'm a part of here in Orange County. And we are identifying the most exciting and promising tech entrepreneurs, much like my guests today, uh, here in Orange County, and supporting them with a whole array of things from capital, coaching, collisions with the great talent that's here in Orange County, and connecting them into this community. If you are or you know one of those entrepreneurs, send them my way, or you can find us at oc4v.com. I am super excited to finally, uh, Lori and I had to do some calendar alignment a couple times, but I'm super excited to have Lori Torres here with me today. And before we get to hear from her and her amazing story and journey with Parcel Pending, let me first tell you a little bit about her. So she's currently the CEO of, of, as I mentioned, a company called Parcel Pending, which she founded several years ago. She founded it in 2013, and she grew the company over that short period of time to over 150 people and thousands of customers across North America. And at the beginning of this year, back in January, she sold it to a public company called Neopost, a global company that's based in Paris. And so we're going to talk all about that journey today. Um, prior to that, she was an executive for a considerable amount of time at the Irvine Company, uh, a company that almost anyone who lives in Orange County is very familiar with. And she oversaw a huge apartment portfolio as uh, her last role and, and much of her tenure there at, or at the Irvine Company. And prior to that, she had a very successful career in the commercial real estate industry. And so we'll talk about that transition from that into becoming an entrepreneur as well. Uh, she has a great story for Orange County entrepreneurs because she also raised a significant amount of her early capital from a number of local investors, including uh, several folks in Tech Coast Angels and, and many of my friends who were very happy with her uh, as well. Uh, and they were greatly rewarded when she sold the company back in January. And so I look at this as the ideal story that we want to continue to develop and produce more of here in Orange County, a, a great entrepreneur, a great group of local investors involved, and a support system to make and help her be successful. So we're going to talk a lot about that today. She's learned a ton. I, I've had the chance to spend a little time with her, and she shared some of that, and She's continued to grow the company post-acquisition, and so we'll talk uh, as well about life inside a big company, uh, which I can absolutely relate to after an acquisition. So, as I said, Lori is a great example of a world-class entrepreneur and leader here in our community, accelerating things in her business and her industry and here in Orange County so good to have you here, Lori. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. Thrilled to be here. Great. Well, let's get to the starting line. Please tell us the, the short version, I guess, of the parcel pending story and how you came to starting it. 
Sure. So first off, parcel pending, for those that don't know, we have electronic smart lockers. So it allows couriers to put a package into a locker, sends a notification to the recipient. You can now get your stuff at your mm-hmm. convenience, and it's safe and secure. And so I started the company because I was, as you mentioned, at the Irvine Company, and I was running about 44,000 apartment units. Mm-hmm. And I'd go out to the properties, and I always asked, what's your biggest challenge? Mm-hmm. And for years, it was the buildings falling sure. apart, or the, you sure. know, budget, or everything. And it started to be, I have a package problem. And the package mm-hmm. problem was so out of control that the staff started asking for more headcount, mm. bigger package rooms, mm-hmm. construction to do package rooms. And I thought, that's just nuts. We can solve it. I'm a solution finder. Sure. Just figure it out. So I started putting my brain to it and thinking about how I could solve it with technology. And funny enough, I was like, wait a minute. I think I have something here. And then I was like, wait a second. I think I have something for the industry that I could actually take to the market. And so I decided to quit my fancy corporate America job. Everyone in everyone looked at me like I was crazy mm-hmm. and insane. And... Um, I decided to make that huge leap after I'm a corporate America gal, actually 30 years in corporate America and then not an entrepreneur, but people always said you're entrepreneurial and Mm. I didn't know what that meant, but I guess they were right. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I love that you, you saw the solution. How, how much market research did you do before you said, I, as you said, I think I have something here. Did you did you go out first and look and see it surely somebody else has already developed this and we could buy it as the Irvine company and you just didn't find it? Or, I didn't or, find it. Yeah, yeah. I, I talked to some people. It was funny because um, unless you were going out to the real estate, you didn't know you had a problem. Mm-hmm. I was with a bunch of executives at a board meeting for the apartment industry and we were sitting at the bar, of course, um, <laughs> and um, talking about what the big challenges mm-hmm. that were coming our way in the next year. And they were talking about everything from legislative issues to, you know, smoke-free sure. apartments and mm-hmm. pets. And, um, and I said, you know, we have a package problem coming. And they were like, what are you talking about, Laurie? They had no clue. And it's just mm-hmm. because I saw it. So when I, I saw the problem. I heard about it. I said, okay, how can we solve it? And I looked in, out there to see if there was mm-hmm. anything that could solve mm-hmm. it. And I just didn't find anything. And so I thought, oh, I'll build it. That's amazing. So how you, you, you'd been in commercial real estate. You know, I, I've um, maybe to a fault criticized uh, the amazing number of people we have here in commercial real estate for being somewhat technology Luddite. <laughs> yes. How, how, comfortable did you feel like you had to get with how much technology was going to have to be built uh, and then how did you how did you go about figuring out how to get that done? Yeah. So, you know, it was interesting because at the Irvine company, I was the one who worked with our IT team on different mm-hmm. initiatives, anything that related to the apartment group. Mm-hmm. And so as I, you know, started realizing you really can solve almost anything with technology. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not smart enough to, I don't write code. I sure. don't know how to read Nor code. I. And, um, but I was smart enough to go, okay, if they can figure it out and I know what my needs are, we can make this work. And so mm-hmm. that's exactly what I did. So, I have zero technology background, I um, but I just knew that there was something that I could figure out. And so um, I found local folks to write the software. Okay. I decided okay. to... Mm-hmm. outsource it and um so that i you know i couldn't i wasn't going to bring a team on sure. early on i had to minimum viable product mm-hmm. get to the market mm-hmm. and so i you know just figured out what i needed i thought about the you know the architecture of the um platform that we were building and then went to china and figured out manufacturing and uh, it was crazy i went to china and people said to me at different manufacturers why are you here alone women don't come here <laughs> and women certainly don't come here alone even mm-hmm. men don't come alone mm-hmm. and uh but I, you know i think i was just young and dumb 
um, um, young in not age, but really in um, experience. And um, you know, I just I just figured it out. I'm I'm just a solution finder. So sure. you go figure that stuff out. Same with the technology. And I found amazing people that would help me, and I could pick people's brains. Mm-hmm. I have no problem asking for help. Mm-hmm. And so I just you know there was just advisor after advisor that has helped me on this journey. That's amazing. And we're going to get back to that because mm-hmm. I think that is. Uh, a hallmark of a great entrepreneur, but not nearly as common as uh, it should be. So I want to get back to that in a minute. So how much upfront work did you do both before you, you before you quit? I guess the first the first question, and then secondly, before you decided I need to go actually raise some capital for this business. Yeah, so I bootstrapped my way in mm-hmm. the beginning. I'm a saver, and so I saved money, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. then, but I also worked like mad, and so I, when once I realized I really had something, and I realized it was time for me to make the exit from the Irvine company, mm-hmm. um, I had started making the investment into the company, and you know, the first thing I did, though, let me just step back, I wrote a business plan. I am so anti not have a business plan. Now, maybe that's my real estate background, sure. and some entrepreneurs are like, I never wrote a business and, plan. And describe what, is it like 25 page kind well, of thing? Well, there's a great template on mm-hmm. um, score.org that I sure. tell everyone to use. It's a 75 page document. You don't end up filling it all out. And no one saw it. I never shared it with sure. anyone. But it got my brain thinking about every aspect of a business that I could. And then I wrote mm-hmm. a three year forecast and projections. And I ran it by two different CFOs to make sure I really had something because sure. I think too many people start a company and they don't even know if it's going to be, mm-hmm. is, can it be profitable? Doesn't sure. make sense. So I really spent the time. It was painful. I didn't spend money on anything. I didn't come up with a company name. It's so funny. I didn't even have a company name until one day a gal that I had worked with at Irvine company called and she said, Hey, this company wants you to come meet with them about your product. And I was like, great. I had to get a business card. I had to name mm-hmm. the company. Mm-hmm. I I'd hadn't, I wasn't that yeah. far uh, along yet. And so you just make it work. That's right. Yeah. Sometimes that gun to your head like that. <laughs> exactly. or a meeting. I mean, I, I remember having a conference about five months uh, down the line several years ago. And I went to my team and I said, I want to have on an iPad, a workable product. When I walk in that conference, that I can demo, right, and figure it out. Figure it out. That's yeah. right. And, and we you did. Can. And we did. That's, That's exactly right. It. So sometimes that urgency, yeah, that uh, works. That's great. So, tell me about the journey of building it, and then you know I mentioned uh, in your intro that you sold the company in in January. So let's go through a little bit the the process. So you. Sure. You know, you go to China, you, you figure out how to get it built. I'm sure you've had multiple versions yes. of the, the product and, and the, the lockers. Tell, tell me through, walk me through the, the growth journey. Sure. So the, yeah. the funny thing is, I think back to the very, very beginning, mm-hmm. I was in this little tiny room. We, we called it the casita outside at our house. And um, just me. I'd hear I'd come mm-hmm. from Irvine Company. I had every resource yes. on the planet. <laughs> I had analysts, attorneys, everything. And then it's me. Mm-hmm. And I realized if I don't get out of bed each day right. and make this happen, this will not happen. Okay. And so um, as I think back now, I, and I look at, we have over 200 employees today. That's and amazing. I walk through the building and I'm like, oh my gosh, it was, it's been a crazy journey for sure. And so, you know, I, again, that plan that I wrote was so, so helpful because it really was my uh, roadmap and my mm-hmm. guide to get me to where I got mm-hmm. to. I mean, I was clear from the beginning, I was going to sell the company. I thought that it would be seven years, five to seven mm-hmm. years. And, um, and when we sold the company, I certainly, I thought we were still 18 to 24 months out. So things mm-hmm. happened faster. Mm-hmm. Everything for me happens faster though. My fundraising happened faster than expected. My you know, exit happened faster. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everything just moves really quickly. 
I, we closed our deal from letter of intent to um, money in the bank was 32 days. It was That's insane. Amazing. I know it was really crazy. And but my fundraise was the same way when we raised money with Tech Coast Angels. Um, they you know. They had had a bit of a reputation of not mm-hmm. funding folks and mm-hmm. that it would take a long, long time. That's, right. that's changed. They've yeah. really worked hard Absolutely. at changing that um, image. And um, mine was seven weeks from pre-screen to money in my bank. It was amazing how that fast amazing. it moved. And so uh, it was a great success story for all on that um, topic. And you did you raise capital from multiple of the Tech Coast Angel uh, chapters? Uh, yeah, we did. There were a couple people okay. in. We had a total of 27 investors mm-hmm. in the in the round. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we came up with a term sheet. And then there were some folks, some uh, high net worth individuals mm-hmm. in Newport Beach that weren't part of TCA, but mm-hmm. they came in on the round as mm-hmm. well. And so we were oversubscribed, which was great. I That's was like, oh, I think I only want to raise 750000 And then it ended up being over a million three. And it's funny, I would say to entrepreneurs, make sure you raise enough money. Yes. I, and I had someone say to me, I've never met a company that had enough cash. And it's, it's so true. Absolutely. You never have enough cash. So raise the money. That's right. So journey-wise, I guess, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not sure I completely answered your question, sure. but it's just, it's been a, a quick journey, um, but a very clear and focused and intentional mm-hmm. journey. So as you think about first first customers, for example, yep. I mean, that was obviously a key part. You get the product, yep. you, did, was Irvine Company your first customer? No. Did you, <laughs> yes. So you, you, you sought out some other first customers. Did you naturally grow with some larger multifamily asset owners or did you start with smaller kind of mom and pop owners and grow from there? Like, do, yeah. you know, because obviously the customer growth was significant because that's what allowed you to, right. to sell it. Yeah, exactly. No, I did not. So what happened was I, I had our first customer, which was Shea Home Properties, okay. and they were awesome. They mm-hmm. let us put the prototype in. They were a fantastic partner with me to let me you know be on their mm-hmm. property. And, um, and at that point, I didn't even know if the couriers would use the lockers. Mm-hmm. It was all an assumption. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to the couriers and ask in advance. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a... Um, my assumption was that they're going door to door to every apartment. So why mm-hmm. wouldn't they come to sure. the lockers? Why yeah, wouldn't they use easier. them? And so there, you know there was some resistance, but we got them on board. And um, so uh, sorry, I'm. What, That's okay. Just the, the growth journey with the, with customers. Yeah, with the customers. Yeah. So um, so they were the first one. And then what happened next was our second sale was in Florida. And I had my investors say, you know, try to stick to California. You can't in the real estate market because what happens is an owner owns assets in multiple states. And so we were right. immediately all across mm-hmm. uh, the United States and you, you just couldn't focus it. And so, and we went with the large institutional companies mm-hmm. from, mm-hmm. and single developers and, you know, mom and pop. So really all over. Sure. And what, what did you not expect as far as customers and, and how to get to them? Was there a lot of word of mouth between yeah. property owners or did you find that you had to go to trade shows or what, 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 yeah. did, and maybe what was different than what you thought? Yeah. Um, so we, I, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the, some big surprise. I actually found mm. trade shows is what we did. Mm-hmm. We spent, I think we did 25 shows the first year. Mm-hmm. We do 50 over 50 shows now wow. a year. It's insane. And, but that's where we, the business has mm-hmm. come from and it's mm-hmm. been really valuable. Mm-hmm. Now I was connected in the multifamily sure, space. I had a lot of relationships. So, you know, but I always say friends don't buy from friends. Mm-hmm. You think you're like, I'm going to go meet with this guy. He, right. He'll buy lockers. Right. No. Right. And uh, so it was so, in, that was probably one of the most surprising 
surprising mm-hmm. things that um, people weren't You're as willing. You're on the dark side now. I Here. was on the dark side and mm-hmm. they weren't as willing to, you know, to, you know, write the contract. I was mm-hmm. really surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Now, are they coming around now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, not for sure. I think, exactly. you know, I think it's anything new that people are resistant mm-hmm. to and it's change. And as you know, the real estate industry does not move fast. They're yes. not technology forward. And so is uh, everything combined. Mm-hmm. You know, I got the question so many times, what if you're out of business in a year and what happens? And I was like, look, we'll put the code into sure. escrow account so that you can get access to it. Like I had to just, oh, every challenge that came up, you just find a way That's to right. overcome it and find a solution for it. Yes. So let's, let's go to the sale. Yeah. So you said it happened sooner than you <laughs> thought. They approach you. Did you already know them and no. then there was a relationship? Tell me, tell so me about a, how that It's actually about. a great story because um, when anyone reached out to me, private equity, mm-hmm. VCs, my standard, I mean, it was like auto reply, heads down, running the company, mm-hmm. growing with our hair on fire, yes. call me back in a year. Everyone. That's what, I, and because I was told early on, don't talk to the VCs and to the um, uh, private equity Unless you're serious about an acquisition or you know selling your company, because they will tell your competitors, because they'll just be in a conversation like, yeah, I talked to Parcel Pending, and I, you know they're thinking about selling the company, and I did not ever want that to sure. be perceived because I didn't want it to go to customers that, oh yeah, we heard Parcel Pending yes, trying to sell the exactly. company, and so I was very protective over that, and so Neopost sent me an email and um, said, you know, we'd like to talk to you, we're serious about an acquisition, I'm like heads down, running the company, hair on fire, and uh, they're like, no, no, no we're serious about this. And I knew they had lockers. They had a brand called Pack City and I was familiar. They'd come to a couple trade shows. They just couldn't really penetrate the U S market, but they mm-hmm. had, they'd had a lot of success in Japan and in France. And so I, you know, I just dragged my feet. I, I'm running so fast. I didn't have time. They were like, can you get me the NDA? Yeah, well, I'll get that NDA over. And I just didn't make it a priority. Mm-hmm. And then finally it was like, we're serious lady. Like we want to talk to you. All right. So they came out on um, December 3rd, met with us and um, it was probably awful for for them because I said we sat down at the conference table like mm-hmm. they're literally here's a cup of coffee and let me just tell you it's too soon to sell this company you're gonna have to pay us ridiculous amount of money because we think there's huge growth ahead sure. but happy to talk with you so it probably it wasn't yes. very settling for the, mm-hmm. an acquisitions guy mm-hmm. and um, so we just you know we worked through it and decided that it was time to go and sell the company and I, I really I was for sure in my head 18 months to 24 months mm-hmm. out and the reason for that is I thought I could get higher um, get our revenues up higher sure. I also had to put, I just felt like our house wasn't clean. You know, mm-hmm. we hadn't done our first audit. We mm-hmm. hadn't put all the systems in place. We were a scrappy young company because yes. that's what yes. you do. You run as fast as you can when you're trying to grow a company that's at right. the speed. I wanted to get us to hundred million in revenue in five years. Mm-hmm. I didn't get there, but um, I wanted to get us there. Mm-hmm. And so that was the, that was the chase. It was a race sure. and the race was on, but they came along and I don't know after, you know, the first date, we were kind of like, we like these guys. And I have to say, they are such great people. That's really, awesome. really nice to work with. All of them are very pleasant. That's awesome. So so two, two follow-ons to that. So we'll go uh, you know, under the hood a little bit more. How, uh, how did you go through the the deal process because you said you went from term sheet to close i think you said in 30 32 days. days yes um, i've been through these on both sides many yeah. times that's a that's really fast were you i mean you said you hadn't done your first audit so i yeah. can't say sitting here that i can say she was ready <laughs> yeah um so how did you get ready because that that's a well I mean, you didn't have 10 years of history but you had 
history. Yeah. I always I always built the company knowing I was going to sell it. So mm-hmm. everything we did, I told the team, like, look, we have to make sure our books are in order, mm-hmm. our house is mm-hmm. as clean as we could have it. Again, I don't know that it was as clean as I would have liked it. But, sure. but uh, well, the mentality... too bad. That's impressive. Yeah, the mentality was do the right thing. Make mm-hmm. sure that you, you know, act like, operate like you're a large corporation, even though you're a small company. Mm-hmm. And so I think that because of that, we put the infrastructure in place to make mm-hmm. sure that when this they came to us and said, one of their questions was, because they, they had a deadline that they wanted to achieve this sale and uh, to announce to the market on January 24th of 19. And so they said, you know, are you committed? Can you get this done in 30 days? Do you, you, know, do you have the resources? I'm like, solution finder, of course I have resources. I'll call in this gal and that guy and this person and they'll come in and help. And so we populated the data room so fast. They said, we've never, our, our bankers told us that they, they've never seen a company populate a data room as fast as we populated it. And we just worked day and night. I mean, that there was it was sleepless nights, and so beginning that they were in France, we'd have five a.m. conference calls. So it was so great. Mm-hmm. On the, um, I got a clock from our banker, and it said um, five a.m. conference call, and it has the call-in number. Because every morning we'd be like, That's "What's the awesome. call-in number?" Like how many days after every day you don't know the call-in mm-hmm. number? <laughs> we were just tired. It was sure. intense, and you know we couldn't tell the whole company. We only mm-hmm. had maybe five of us under the mm-hmm. tent in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It was two of us, my president and myself, and then you know. But it's funny because I'm so transparent with my team mm-hmm. that um, they knew. And so when we, I announced mm-hmm. it, I, um, I said, okay, how many of you thought we were selling the company? Out of 150 people, half of them raised their hands. Mm-hmm. Like they knew our, just be, mm-hmm. our behavior was different because sure. you're you know trying to get this done and still, by the way, run the company mm-hmm. during a transaction mm-hmm. like that. It's insane. So the other, that's amazing. The other question, now you're part of this bigger global company. Yeah. How's that been? I... Um, thought that I'd be a great candidate for on an acquisition because I come from corporate America. Exactly. And so it, it really is ideal. Um, it's not the same. I'm not going to lie. Yes. And um, I would say that to the folks uh, that are called Quadient. Mm-hmm. They changed the name from Neopost to Quadient. Um, you know, it's um, the tough part about it, going into a large organization like this, is they want the huge growth that we've yes. had and continue and committed exactly. to having, but they don't know how to really get out of the way because mm-hmm. they're a large corporation and sure. they want to have reporting and decks after mm-hmm. deck and meetings after meetings. And while I understand that because that's what you do when you're running a huge organization, organization, mm-hmm. you can't fly fast. Okay. And so it really causes um, some friction because I really believe in my heart of hearts. Our numbers could have been even better than mm-hmm. what they are. And our year over year mm-hmm. growth is pretty good, but it's not definitely not hitting the expectations, which bums me out. But sure. it's like, gosh, I just, I, I need you to get out of the way. But you, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, well, I ask him, I, I, I'm, you know, sure. I don't, I'm not very political as they will, yes. you know. And so I just say, like, look, look, have you ever grown a company 70% year over year? I did for five years, seven. every single year it takes it's a crazy different game than Mm -hmm. what it is running a large corporation Mm -hmm. and so it's hard for people to understand that did you see much change in your team after the acquisition because the incentives tend to be pretty clear when you're in when you're in startup growth mode everybody's in the same boat you're rowing together we've got the eye on the prize and sometimes i see that collective sort of sigh or exhale and then the pace slows or is it i mean do you do you chalk it up to the corporate overhead is it the the you know just sort of that 
sigh and exhale or is it an incentive right challenge so you know i'll tell you so it was important to me that every employee participated yes. in the stock option program mm-hmm. and so when we sold the company every employee made money even Amazing. if you've been there a week mm-hmm. you got a check yeah i mean everyone got paid i accelerated a bunch of people sure. and you know that came out of my money actually and but i was totally i could never have done it without these 150 Absolutely. at the time people and sport. totally and so i was so passionate about making sure that everyone participated mm-hmm. also i could stand up in a meeting and say, look, someone would say, when are we going to get a 401k contribution? I'm like, what, when are you? You're a part owner in this company. You tell me, I've just told you what our financials look like. Do you mm-hmm. think it's time for us to do that? And mm-hmm. so that I could have that ownership. Right. So we sell the company, everyone gets paid out. And, um, I have had some turnover. My president left, but he was really entrepreneurial and he, um, he and I were more partners in the business, mm-hmm. even though he came in later. And, um, so I lost him and then I've had definitely had some turnover, not huge, but I've definitely had some turnover sure. since the acquisition. And some people just, you know, it's not the same place that they, sure. um, mm-hmm. and we were on such a fun race, but mm-hmm. the race is now a different race. Mm-hmm. And so it's not for everybody. That's right. Yeah. So yeah you have to, but also I will tell you that someone gave me this great advice and they said, you know what you need at $3 million in staff and in mm-hmm. team, especially leadership team, what you need at $3 million is different than what you need at 10 and yes. 30 and 50 and so on. And so a lot of people can't scale with That's you. Right. Totally. And so I think that, you know, some of the turnovers happened because it was just time because yeah. they couldn't go any further. We okay. outgrew them and we've outgrew, we outgrew a lot of people, but I stay connected to all of them. I love and adore all of sure. them still, but you know, it just, it's part of the evolution of a company. If you're steady state, different game, but when you're on the, mm-hmm. you know, skyrocket rocket ship, it's, uh, you just, some people can't go with you. That's right. And it's tiring. It yeah. is tiring. I mean, oh I, I've done 10 startups and oh, they're, you know, an they're ones that I've gone from, you know, start to finish and others that I've, I've done either you can call it a tour of duty or seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's, that's okay. And I think it, it can be hard sometimes as an entrepreneur to say, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like they, you know, they checked out or they didn't grow or it, it can be sad, but, but it takes all kinds of people through different yeah. tours or different seasons of, of the business and it's hard always to see yeah uh, ahead what that's like i mean yours yours seems as almost uh going as predicted as maybe any that i've run across in the last several years so i that's, think that's a result of just the planning i'm yeah, a planner and i because i had that initial plan i knew where i was going and what i wanted mm-hmm. to accomplish and i just kept focused on it all the sure. time all the time i was just constant focus on okay where are we going or is this a distraction is this where we mm-hmm. want to go and and you know you'd start to get off a little bit and you go okay get back what's the focus sure. i'm goal driven i write goals every year mm-hmm. i look at this you know i write them in my little brown book i review them all the time i tell them to the team mm-hmm. and um and then i measure myself on how i'm doing on the goals and so that helps me really stay focused too that's awesome i have some i could stand, sit here for <laughs> forever i know we're going to run out of time here shortly so would you would you do it again Heck yeah, in a minute. I, it was a blast. Now, I don't think I'm a serial entrepreneur like you. Ten? I don't know. I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm really tired. So I right now, I think no way in hey could I get um, going You know, ten times over. But another round, for sure. For sure. My brain is like, huh. You're going. You're going. I it was like too it. soon. I'm still committed to sure. uh, Quadient. And so I'm not, um, you know, I'm not doing anything. And, um, but, you know, I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about some different stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, what'll be next? I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I could end up staying here at Quadient for, sure. uh, you know, another year, another three years, five years. Who knows? It just depends on what happens. Sure. If so I'm did, having fun, I gotta did, have fun. Did your vision for parcel pending 
reorient their overall vision and strategy at all or did you kind of attach into one that they already had pretty strongly no it attached into theirs they were mm-hmm. very clear that they the so they were a mail company mail mm-hmm. services mail mm-hmm. machines frocking machines and and they were very clear that the mail obviously is dying and packages yes. are growing and so because they already had lockers they um they wanted to um really penetrate the u.s market and um you know what i say if you can't beat them buy them sure. and so that's what they did and so mm-hmm. now we fit right into what they were trying to mm-hmm. accomplish okay so they haven't had to make major adjustments then since no you've joined no yeah. no so that seems like a good good yeah, strategic it's, it's a good fit. fit yeah, yeah it was absolutely. definitely a strategic move for yeah. sure i one of the uh, companies i sold several years ago was more of a transformative mm-hmm. sale where they needed to really dramatically change their strategy and we were a key input into helping them change the strategy that actually ended up being a bit of a challenge because it became our vision meets their vision right. and negotiating through what is the joint right. vision need to look like. But it seems like in yeah. this case, there, there was a great, yeah, that, it was one a was good a, fit. that one was a little bit yeah. tougher. Like I sure. said, I mean, it was a really good fit. They're really great people. They're smart. They're super smart people, which mm-hmm. I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part's really good. That's great. What did you learn about yourself that you, you know, that you maybe didn't, you seem really self aware. You talked about goals. You talked about your planning. Mm-hmm. What did you learn about yourself through this that you didn't realize? That's a good question. Um, gosh, I, I don't, nothing jumps out at me of what I learned. I mean, I learned so much on this journey, but I don't know about my, what I learned myself. I'll tell you one of the things that I did learn is how willing people are to help you. Mm. How many people in Orange County were willing to help? Like I met um, from Tritech, which is now mm-hmm. part of the yes. SB, um, CD. SBDC. I, yeah, thank you. <laughs> they changed it. I, I can't get it in my brain. And um, I met this guy, Don Castle. Sure, and he I was, do you know, he's, yeah, he was phenomenal. I mean, he was willing to help me. He'd meet me for coffee or for a drink. And I mean, I knew nothing. I really didn't know anything about raising money. I knew nothing really about technology and I didn't ever start a company before but other than that I was the perfect candidate to start personal pending right and so I mean raise money we used to jokingly say you know at Irvine Company you just went to the mm-hmm. basement and grabbed That's some true. cash and, um, and so um, it, it was I just the amount of people that were willing to help mm-hmm. me I had this other guy Ed Evans who ended up being an investor and um, mm-hmm. helped me and he would meet with me day after day after day as I was formulating the plan and getting things mm-hmm. launched and like just so many I, I, the list is so long and now all these people are in my life I'm so fortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was the biggest lesson learned that, you know, people are willing to help. And now I'll do anything I can to help other entrepreneurs on Saturdays, though, and Sundays, sure. never on the weekday. I'm too busy. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll talk to you. But we that's amazing. We've heard it. We've heard it on here. So <laughs> that's be right. careful. No, uh, we've got a lot of people in this People reach network. out all the time. And sure. I'm happy. You know what? It's my way of giving back yes. because right now I can't go do a bunch of charity work. Sure. I'm busy. I'm mm-hmm. working day and night. And um, But if I can help someone else, mm-hmm. I'm happy to do it. And if I can go do a speaking engagement where maybe I just inspire one person mm-hmm. that has an idea and isn't mm-hmm. is afraid. I mean, I'm so lucky. I don't live in fear. I don't. Mm-hmm. I live in fear of nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, people are like, you're quitting your fancy job. What if it doesn't make it? 95% of companies fail. Right. Um, I go get a job, right. and so I just don't live in that conversation. Mm-hmm. And so it never, to me, was about you know what if it doesn't. It's mm-hmm. always about, but it will. That's it's right. gonna work. That's right. And and I think that's our obligation. Yeah. is to help sure. inspire. I mean, a big part of this whole endeavor with Accelerate OC has been about bringing more of these stories to our community because I've said for a long time, I think we have a lot of latent entrepreneurs here in Orange Mm -hmm. County. This is a community that was built by entrepreneurs. And you look at some of the people over the last 
50 years that have really made Orange County what it is, we've got a next generation of entrepreneurs that we need to go inspire and support and help. And they're going to build different kinds of companies. We need innovative companies like Parcel Pending to birth here from what the foundation that's here. And we need people like you to help, to show them, inspire them, support them, love them, invest in them. And that's that's what's going to continue to keep Orange County as great yeah. as it is. So, as as just a quick transition from from that, you know, how do you think about you? You know, you've done business now all, all over the country and now even the world with mm-hmm. your your new parent. How do you think about Orange County as a place to be an entrepreneur versus maybe other places that you've? Um, you've done some business. You know, I have to say, I've had, like I mentioned earlier, a great mm-hmm. experience with the folks in Orange County that have helped me. And, you know, the Tech Coast Angels were unbelievable. Well, probably unbelievable because they really stayed out of my knickers. <laughs> and, uh, you know, was, <laughs> um, but that's I, their ideal, though. Yeah, they exactly. Would absolutely. Well, yeah, I'd send like oh. a quarterly update that went out once every six or seven months. It was supposed to be quarterly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, think, when things are going well, sure. they're going to stay out of your knickers. Yes. And I had an amazing lead who became a board member who's now someone I, I just love to death and hold in such high regard. And mm-hmm. so he, I really got a ton of support there. Um, so the question around Orange County versus other places, I don't know. I don't know because I wasn't in, I've mm-hmm. never been in Silicon Valley. I've never mm-hmm. been in another place. So what I can tell you is that I have felt completely supported if there was a need. So I'm a, I'm a resourceful person. And so if you say, hey, Lori, you should talk to this guy. I talk to this that guy. Mm-hmm. And if I'm like, oh, use it, that would be good. Yeah, I have the value there or not. Then on to the next. And so I'm sure. really really, really um, resourceful. And I just found so many amazing resources mm-hmm. in Orange County. And so I would say to you, it's a great spot for entrepreneurs. And, you know, yeah. the work that the Cove has done, the, mm-hmm. there's there's so many different um, programs now in Orange County mm-hmm. trying to help entrepreneurs, which is so great. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So be outside of the business community, what, what else about Orange County do you most appreciate? Uh, the beach. <laughs> Let's be clear. Yeah, yeah I um, I love the beach. But, you know, I um, I grew up in Lakewood, California, Southern okay. California, here next mm-hmm. to Long Beach. Lived my you know my whole life there until I was and became an adult. And then when, in 2000, when I um, got the job at the Irvine Company, I moved down south. And so now I'm an Orange County person, and yeah. I just I love it. I think it's a great place to be. I, the only thing I don't love is that you know I sit at a restaurant and I'm getting to conversation. At Ten o'clock, you look around and you're the only person left. Sure. <laughs> your table there's not like you know it doesn't mm-hmm. you go up to the silicon valley and dinner starts at eight o'clock sure. and it goes on late and so that's probably the only thing about orange county that's mm-hmm. not great but mm-hmm. um i i love it here i would never move i always tell people people are like yes but the taxes i'm like look it's the weather tax i'm that's totally right. happy paying the weather that's tax right. that's what i've said i've been here 15 years and yeah. it is it's very easy for me to just suck it up suck it up i that's love right. it it's a great place that's right well, that's great well Lori, this has been amazing paul's given me the the high sign over here actually a couple times and I've just been ignoring him, but I finally, <laughs> Sorry, I, I, know I, I know I have to, to heed it. So the uh, final lap and what I always like to uh, let guests do is leave, leave a, you've, you've shared a tremendous amount of, of insight into you and, and your, your journey and, and wisdom, but what, what piece of advice or, or wisdom would you love to share with my audience? Yeah, uh, I would say there's two or three things. One is have a plan. Mm-hmm. I, 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 have a plan. You got to have the plan. Number two is recognize that you will change over people and, yes. you know, they hire slow, fire fast. It's true. You, mm-hmm. you make their lives better when you let them yes. go and because they will find the spot where they're successful. So that's a big one. And they may have been super successful with you in that yeah, tour. Right. Exactly. And um, the last one is just 
have clarity. If you are clear on where you're going, I talk to so many entrepreneurs. I'm like, how big do you want to grow the company? I don't really know. You know, you got to be clear. What what do you want to achieve? I was crystal clear that how much I wanted to sell the company mm-hmm. for. You know, how long it was going to be. All of it. Just mm-hmm. I had clarity. Yeah, clearly, clearly. And uh, pardon the pun, <laughs> but Lori, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for taking us along on this ride and sharing your journey. I mean, great wisdom. Um, quite, it's so obvious that you're an inspiring leader, and I'm sure I would hear that through and through with all the people in your organization as well. Wish you nothing but continued success with with Parcel Pending, and you've got a you know open invite to come back to talk more about that, or once you figured out if there's maybe a next, <laughs> okay. um, what's there. And you know, I, I also want to just thank you for for doing your part to accelerate Orange County. Welcome sure. to the family. Thank you so much. Thanks for. You've just listened to Accelerate OC. Join our live recordings every Tuesday morning at accelerateoc.com or listen, like, and share anytime from your favorite podcast spot. Let's accelerate OC together.